Jackie. And I'm Candice. Welcome to WTF. Women Talk Finance. Our WTF podcast will take a simplified approach to finance. And we talk about investing, a topic we believe women don't talk enough about. We'll discuss common financial questions and challenges that women face in business and throughout their personal lives. I'd like to give a quick disclosure before we begin our conversation. This overview is for informational purposes only. We might include some projections and those should not be relied upon for the purpose of investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results and any investments we mention are meant for accredited investors only. And any offer can only be considered upon review of a prospectus and relevant offering documentation. So please keep this in mind as we move through this overview and remember that these are our opinions only. All right, so we are here with Kristen Roll. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. And we're going to be talking about following your passion and finding a way to monetize it. I'm going to let you do your own introduction because it's amazing. I'm going to say you used to be an attorney. You left that to enter a world of wellness and fitness and coaching others. And you have found a way to make money doing what you love. So with that lean introduction, please tell us what you do, how you came to this place. Tell us all the things. Awesome. Okay. So you're right. I did lawyer for a really long time. I always say when I used to lawyer, because you can use it as a verb, uh, I loved it. I really thought that was my life's calling. I thought I would do that until I retired. I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I loved, loved, loved it. I was a trial lawyer and a business litigator, which means I was the kind of lawyer that was in court. So I would be in court in either state or federal court. We represented plaintiffs or defendants, depending on the case. And we really were resolving very complex, messy business disputes. So whether it was an employment-related issue or real estate issue, usually our cases largely involved some kind of contract or contracts. Many cases had many contracts. What the firm that I was at for my most of my practice was known for was shareholder disputes. And so I always talk about those. Some people would like to refer to them as corporate divorces. I always say when you have a couple that's divorced, it's just two people. But when you have a corporation or family business that's getting divorced, it's multiple people. So they were highly emotional, they were very intense, and they often involved a lot of money. That was really fun for me and rewarding work. And it was obviously a lot of work. Most people who either know a lawyer or who are a lawyer or who have interacted with lawyers can speak to the fact that it can be an all-consuming career, especially if you're a trial lawyer, because everything that you do is driven by the deadlines of the court. And the court doesn't care if you had a vacation planned when he or she would like you to go to trial. So it was I was very much married to my job in many ways. The short story, which I'll give you the long story if you'd like me to go there, but the short story on how I transitioned out of it is in 2017, uh, after I had gotten out of what I would describe as yet another toxic relationship. I don't know if anyone can relate, (laughs) any women, but the reality is it's true. And I had been divorced in 2012. And then I had found myself dating, not dating, dating, not dating. And I was in another relationship and I ended and I thought, okay, this whole like talk therapy thing that I've been doing isn't working. This me thinking that just, you know, having my things together and having a good job and being semi-attractive and thinking I know what I need and want, for whatever reason, it wasn't working for me. And I'll just pause here and say that my parents are high school sweethearts who this summer will have been married 50 years. So it's also not like I didn't have an amazing example, right? And I still found myself ending this relationship that was like, how did I find myself here? So I then, out of almost desperation, hired a meditation coach and I started meditating. 
And that's really what led me to my transition. So in November of 2017, I started meditating. I hired a woman to come down to the law firm. She sat across the big conference room table from me, taught me how to meditate. And I had such a powerful experience with her in that first hour, hour and a half that I hired her pretty much every week or every other week for several months. And then by April of 2018, I decided to enroll in a signature eight-week course that she offers that she created to help people find their purpose. And I was like, okay, I'll, whatever. I have never done an online course. I'll try it. I mean, I have to do CLE credits for being a lawyer all the time, but how good could this be? And I'm not joking. It was during that eight weeks where I started to all of a sudden feel like, oh, is there something out there than, other than lawyering? And I, I trust me, I was still very committed to lawyering. I never envisioned that I would leave, but I started to just receive what I can only describe as almost messages or intuitive hits from the universe that were sending me signals that maybe there was something else for me in this nutrition space. I mean, I came up with a business name during that eight weeks and I thought, oh, maybe someday, you know, never thinking I would actually leave. And about a little over a year later, I finally made the difficult decision to leave and then I left to create my business. So that was a very long introduction. No, it's fantastic. <sighs> I'm, I'm blown away. I mean, you transformed your whole life and it's not like you, it sounds like it wasn't, you had been, it had been leading up that you were like, oh, I need to just have this complete shift. It, it sounds like you kind of had this enlightening moment and recognized what your true purpose was, which is incredible. And kudos to acting on it because there is so much discussion around following your passion, pursuing your dreams, but it is scary as hell, especially you didn't hate what you were doing. You loved what you were doing. So the impact of that type of choice and shift, I imagine had to have been exhilarating and scary as hell. Yeah. So I, I always want people to know for me, it wasn't actually scary because it was such a clear calling. It was emotional though. It was emotional. I mean, the day that I left, I sobbed my eyes out the entire day. I sobbed talking to my partners. I sobbed talking to clients. I was like, how am I ending this amazing career that I love? And frankly, I was at the height of it. I mean, my ego loves to say when I left, I was named one of the top 50 female attorneys in Minnesota by super lawyers. People were like, wait, you're leaving the practice of law? On the outside, it didn't make a lot of sense. But the way I like to help people understand it is I truly evolved out of the practice from being constantly driven by my ego, which I always like to say is our small S self. That's our, our S self that we think is us. And then I was evolved into really being called to do my soul's work, which is your higher self, your big S self. So I really just followed the calling of my soul. And now I understand, and this is one of the things I'd love to get into with you guys, is I really firmly believe, and I've had a lot of coaching and education around this, that we are all here for a purpose and that our job on this planet is to literally do, to just get paid to be who we are. And so I say all of the time, the work that I do and that I get paid well for and that I love doing now in this new career is something I would do for free. But you don't. <laughs> but you don't. Okay, so let's talk about that. That is so impressive as well because in general, I think the stereotype around being a lawyer, especially being one at the level you were at, you're making bank. 
You're yep. making good money. So shifting to this, and I'm going to plug the company's called Energetically Efficient. I love that that name came to you in meditation. We come, there's so much here to unpack. Um, talk to us about how you knew that you could make money doing this and how you felt safe enough to go do that and know that you'd be maybe not making that same type of lawyer money, but doing okay. I like to say that you have to practice exercising your trust muscle in the universe. It's a muscle that you need to do reps. You cannot stare at your bicep and just hope it gets bigger by looking at it. You actually have to do reps so that it gets bigger. And so the same thing is true with your trust in the universe. I didn't know how everything would happen. I didn't know how clients would come in. I didn't know how I would get paid. I did know because towards the very end of my practice, I was spending some time on certain weekends getting education around nutritional therapy. So I graduated from that several months after I left the practice of law. I did know that I was already able to charge clients even during school. So I sort of had a, a sense for what the market would bear. But of course, there was no way I was going to be able to predict exactly what sort of rates I would command and who would pay me and how much money I would make. And I did trust the universe. I very much believe that when you exercise that trust muscle and you say to the universe, okay, yes, I hear you. I'm following the call. I'm going to do this because you're putting every single sign in front of my face to tell me to do it. I'm going to trust you. And you're going to keep showing me that my trust was made sense. And that's what's continued to happen for me, which is so lucky. Every day you hear about people making money by investing in IPOs and startups. But what about you? These kinds of investments are simply not available to Main Street investors. At Rowe Capital Group, we are committed to providing access to strategic, early stage, primarily low market correlated investment opportunities. Accredited investors go to rowcapitalgroup.com for more information. Rowe Capital Group, empowering your financial journey. I mean, it's unbelievable still. I just hearing it. And when I first read it, I was blown away. What did your loved ones say to you? This is a major shift. And like you said, there was a level of uncertainty and you had this level of trust in the universe that it would completely work, uh, which I believe in. I totally value that. But how did you convey that to the people around you? What did they say? How did you tell them this major news? So with my loved ones, I told them really shortly before I told the firm. I kept this very close to the chest up until I decided to actually leave. And I didn't tell the firm until the spring of 2019. And I left on June 7th of 2019. So there's a pretty short window. I had to really, there were cases that I was resolving. There were things that I had obviously deadlines in cases and I wasn't going to leave any client high and dry. But what the universe was also doing at that time is started to, for the first time in the 16 years of law that I'd been practicing, started to literally carve out space on my calendar. You know, an arbitration that was supposed to happen in April suddenly got pushed to August. This, this series of depositions that I was supposed to have suddenly got pushed. And all of a sudden I was looking at my calendar thinking, oh my God, I actually could do this. You know, it was the first time that I honestly could say over the course of my entire career that I could have made a transition like that without causing any sort of distress to anyone, which was obviously of primary importance. So when I told my family, I will never forget my mom's reaction. And I, my mom and I are very close and I adore her. And what, when you step out and do something like this, what I noticed about people is their own fears 
about this would come to the surface. So her first comment to me, and she probably doesn't remember this, and she and I have laughed about it since, was, okay, well, you're going to keep your law license, aren't you? First comment. And I said, well, yes, of course I will. I mean, I've been practicing for this long and, you know, it's great skills and I didn't work this hard to leave my law license. And by the way, guys, there may be some day where I decide to abandon it. But right now I've chosen to continue my CLEs. I will continue to keep on my license. So that was an interesting response. But largely the response was positive and like, oh my gosh, you're so brave. And I'm so impressed that you're following your passion. I wish I could do something like that. I heard a lot of that. There's a lot of people I think that sit in fear and that sit with their golden handcuffs and stay in a position simply because they're afraid of the unknown. It's the whole saying of what it is, the, the evil you know versus the evil you don't know or something, and that you're safer staying with what you're doing. And I, as much as I could have done that and it would have been easy for me to do that, I literally would have been stomping on my soul and I could no longer ignore that. It was too strong of a calling for me to ignore, which is so exciting. Do you have a moment where you were able to like take a big breath and sit back and go, hell yeah. Oh yes. Look what I just did. And this rocks. Like like the universe affirming everything you've done in a moment. Yes. Yeah? Tell There's, us about it. So so the day that I left the practice, and this is this is just kind of funny, you'll appreciate this story. I was so programmed, and I call it programming. I talk about programming in a lot of ways of the world right now. I talk about it with my clients with food because I'm largely serving what I say is the old me. So it's professionals who really desire to get healthier, can't get out of their own way. I have a lot of lawyers as clients, a lot of doctors, a lot of dentists, and a lot of other executives. But I see this programming around food, how we live our life, how we spend our week, what sort of views we have about whether you can even leave the office and go to an appointment in the middle of the day. Now, COVID has changed a lot of that clearly because people have a lot more flexibility. And I think it was a big pause and the reset button on the earth to say, you guys cannot sustain this or you're going to be miserable. But I was done at the firm on a Friday, sobbed all day, had my weekend. And then on Monday, just like the good little program soldier that I was, I went to this office that I rented because I thought I have to put on my suit and go to an office. Now, I'm teaching people about nutrition and fitness. I now spend most of my days in leggings and tank tops, by the way. But at the time, it was like, well, this is work. And I have to do my 8 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And I have to. So it's really funny that that was really how the transition happened. But I would say that as the months went by, and certainly then nine months later when COVID hit, I thought, wow, this has all been set up for me. And the way that I get to really bask in the glory of following my soul's mission is by noticing how protected I was and how guided I was that I created a health and nutrition business nine months before the world shut down and everyone wanted to get healthy. So it was my meditation coach who kind of brought that to my attention and said, this is what happens when you actually follow the call and don't sit there in your fear and get scared because you really are protected. The universe is like, see, I told you, I told you. I told you. And so then my phone was ringing off the hook and people are like, oh my God, it's been COVID and I've gained 15 pounds and now I gained 20 pounds and they really wanted to find themselves again. So I've been lucky that the situation across the planet has allowed me to really have this whole bucket of clients that may not have been there had it not been for all of a sudden all these people waking up and wanting to take control of their health. You have mentioned your meditation coach a couple different times, and you are in a position now where you are giving this type of support and guidance and, and help and coaching to a swath of people who you referred to as the old you. 
what does the new you, the new Kristen, who does she rely on? This meditation coach, your partner, whoever it is. And, and what do you need yet to sustain you to be able to give this type of support to others? Yeah, fantastic question. So I used to say, and I used to get a lot of crap for this actually at the law firm, that I always would treat myself like I was a professional athlete because of the team I would have around me. And then I became a professional bodybuilder while I was practicing law. And so I was like, see, it all works, right? No, I have my meditation coach who I rely on very heavily. Ever since I started the business, I've always had a business coach. So I worked with a particular business coach who happened to be out of New York. I worked with her for about six months, decided that I sort of outgrew that relationship, found a different woman who's out in LA randomly. And I've been working with her for a little over a year. And that's always been helpful. I always say anytime you're going to do something brand new, coaches really help. So when I got ready for my first bodybuilding show, I hired a posing coach. I hired a nutrition coach at that time. I hired a team around me to really teach me so that I could learn it so that I could then go do it. So I feel like that's really what I'm doing with food. So I'd say my team right now who I rely on for support is my meditation coach, my business coach. I have another energy healer who I am in a mastermind with, who I work with all the time. Uh, I also go to cupping and acupuncture regularly. I have a massage therapist. I really do have a team, a team, because I think we all get better when we all get better and we all help each other get better. So I'm referring tons of people to these humans. They refer people to me and everyone, if they stand in their gift and really are here in their purpose, none of us have to compete with each other. There is something for everyone and all you have to do is be, you just have to figure out how to get paid to be who you are. And that's really what I did. I figured out how to get paid to be me. And I will tell you the difference between the way old me, you guys are going to laugh. So I got engaged. I was married. I was divorced in 2012. I got engaged in 2002. And my soon-to-be husband at the time hid my engagement ring in the oven because he knew I would never turn it on. That was how little I cooked in my old life. I was too busy lawyering. I never thought about it. And now I like create recipes and meal plans for people for a living. So my evolution has been so dramatic. I've really transitioned into who I was designed, who I was came here to be instead of who I was being programmed to be because of how I was raised. Now, my father's a dentist. My mother stayed home with us. Neither of them are lawyers. I had a distant relative who was a lawyer, but I very much saw my father as a professional because he was, and I wanted to become a professional. I wanted to go to school, be on college because that's what he was. And so that's what I was going to do. But this whole society we've created around what we value and what seems to be respectable in the eyes of, you know, whatever profession you choose to go into is largely just programming. It's like, what do you actually want to do? Why don't we ask seven and eight year olds, like, not what do you want to be when you grow up? How do you love to spend your time? What are you doing where time flies by and you don't even notice that six hours passed? Because that's actually what you can figure out how to get paid for. And that's what you should do. I love that question too. I would love to think on that question because I don't know as I sit here today that I could honestly answer, what could I do for six hours and not even realize I was doing anything? Could you? Do you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I love I love to craft and do my my... DIY workshop type things. But I love that question because we do, we we put that pressure on our kids from a really young age. And I mean, I, I sat here and I got a coaching session just now. Same. So thank I was like, you so much. We, like, we need to hire her. Oh, this is amazing. Uh, but we have a listener, I'm sure right now sitting here 
sitting in that moment that you mentioned of they're comfortable in their space of misery. They're not happy. Or maybe they're comfortable, but they're not truly fulfilled. And that idea, the discomfort of being their their authentic self and monetizing that is just too much of an extreme for them to even think on. What is the one like actionable item you would say today, listener, do this because that is what that is what's going to change your life. What would you say like that pivotal step would be? Start a meditation practice. And people have a hard time with that answer because they think, ah, I've tried meditation. It doesn't work. I can't stop thinking about the grocery list. Oh my God, the dishes. Oh my God, I have these things to do. It takes too much time. I'm too busy. I had all those excuses too. And what I can promise you is just like strength training or running or any sort of other activity or skill you pick up, it is practice. That's why I said start a meditation practice or start meditating because it really is a practice. And here's how I like to describe it. As annoying as this is, it's really, really true. So you know if you have a bottle of glass, a glass bottle that has a bunch of sand and water in it, okay? You've probably seen this before. If you shake the glass bottle, it's got a screw-on lid on it. You shake it all around. You see sand particles floating, water floating. It's all a mess. If you set that bottle down on the table and you let it sit there for a little while, all the sand will float to the bottom. And now in the top half of the glass, it's water and it's clear and you can see it clearly. That's what meditation does for your brain. So all of that swirl, all of the chatter, all of the monkey mind, all of the list having, all of the I'm too busy, all of the noise, I really mean it when I say, as you continue to practice meditation, that stuff really does go away. And what comes to the forefront, which is incredible, is like all the answers you ever wanted for your own life. Huh, there's this fork in the road. Which way should I go? Let me go meditate. Oh, it's that way. I mean, I know it sounds insane, but we really do have all the answers within us. We're just all so obsessed with seeking outside of ourselves and looking to others for the answer. Now, I just got done telling you guys I have a team of people around me. So I clearly look for answers for, from other people too, but I use them more as guides to help me push me in terms of here's an idea that came to me. Here's what I'm thinking I want to do. Can you help kind of sketch this out with me so I can create it? And then they may say, okay, here's a couple things you might want to think about as you pursue that path. So they're really guiding me more than they are ever telling me what to do. And that's what meditation can do is it really can give you the answers and really write the whole story for you without you having to think it so or will it so with your mind. I love when people say they can't meditate. They try, they sit down and they can't because of the to-do list and the voices and the things that spin through. And I'll say, you are meditating already when you notice that. If you can sit there and notice how busy your mind gets and how busy your mind wants to wants to be and how you have all these things that want to pull you away from sitting still, if you can notice that, you are already successfully meditating. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because it's so true. People have this vision that it has to be, I'm on the pillow with my knees crossed and I'm like, no, no. When you're sitting there and you're list having and you're doing all of that, you actually are. And the fact that you notice it means you're stepping outside of yourself and you're now becoming the observer. Meditation is really becoming the observer of that monkey mind and noting it. And then I always say what I would do is those thoughts would come through and I would picture, you know, the old school clothesline that has a clothespin. I'd think of a clothespin on that thought. That thought's written down on a piece of paper. There's a clothespin. Push it to the end of the clothing. Oh, there's another one. And I would just keep pushing it away, pushing it away. 
That's okay. Keep coming. I'm pushing you away. Just so that I would think I can save them for later. They're pinned. They're down here somewhere. But now I just want to be still and I want to just open my mind so I can receive messages. I love that. I need a lot of clothespins. So thank you for acknowledging that because I'm exhibit A of that. Um, We are going to have you back for another episode talking more about kind of this very idea of I want to dive deeper on how we can take care of ourselves. I am I'm sitting here taking a lot of mental notes and putting them on clothespins. Um, but I am incredibly grateful that you are here. And what a great topic. I hope all of our listeners right this second, well, not right this second, finish listening to this episode, but turn your phone off and take a few minutes to yourself. Give yourself that gift and meditate right after this episode. And the other thing I just want to share with you guys, because I want to make sure that your listeners hear this in terms of the money aspect, money is just energy. That's all it is. So when you get more, you get more. When you give more, you get more. When you give more, you give It's literally an energetic exchange. So I have a lot of people who hire me who have done Weight Watchers unsuccessfully, who have done Noom unsuccessfully, all these programs I had never really heard much about. And so I'll say to them, you realize part of the reason you were not successful in that is because you didn't have enough invested in it. It is an energetic exchange. So yes, you're paying me a lot more money than you paid for those programs, but it's going to make you that much more committed. I'm actually going to change your life because you are that much more invested because we're just creating an energetic exchange. So you pay me this money, I then devote more energy to you, and we're creating a way for you to up-level where you couldn't at that lower vibration frequency of not really investing in yourself. So I hope that's helpful also. It is helpful. Listeners, after you turn the phone off for a minute and take your moment, turn your phone back on and go check out Energetically Efficient, which is Kristen's company. Uh, Thank you so much for being here with us. We'll pick it up on another episode. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Email us with questions, suggestions, or just say hi at media at rowcapitalgroup.com. Again, thank you for listening to WTF Women Talk Finance podcast.